0: this call is being recorded
1: all right everyone it's uh, it's david barnett once again with another of the holiday chat 2018 calls and um, and j- just a reminder you know all of the people that call in for this series of calls they're they're paying for these for these calls um I'll, and, and i give them a deal just because we i want to be able to share some of these stories with you guys out there because it is so hard to actually get real information about what real people are going through in real deals. And so that's the whole reason why I do this. And of course it comes out of Christmas time because it's it's you know, it's a gift for all of us. Um today on the line I've got Ralph and uh, Ralph, why don't you give us a little bit of a background on on how long you've been in business and the kind of business you have and uh and then we can get into why you've uh why you called in today.
0: Hi Dave, it's good to be with you. Uh, I I've been in uh, business uh for almost uh 19 years now and uh I actually have uh three businesses in one. My business main business is metals and I also have a recycle depot. And, can you speak up uh, a little bit?
1: Can you can you speak up a little bit, Ralph? You're kind of faint.
0: Okay uh yeah I, I have uh three businesses in one I have a scrap metal business i have a uh recycle depot and I have a surplus store and it's they're all they're all under one roof um, I've been in business approximately nineteen years and I'm in the process now I'd like to uh sell the business
1: okay and and you are kind of lucky because you've already identified who is going to buy it.
0: Yes. Uh, my my brother is as who's been working for me for uh almost uh, 15 years is uh very interested in, in taking it over.
1: Okay. And how far along have you guys gone in this process? Have you have you come to an agreement on on a price and, and determined what form of sale it's going to be?
0: Yes, uh the, we've agreed on, we've agreed upon a price and uh the biggest thing is uh being uh, seeing what the banks will give us uh, not all the paperwork has been forwarded to the bank to confirm the exact amount but uh according to what they're saying, if everything is the numbers are uh what we say they are, they're talking about three hundred thousand dollars is what they'll give us, which is not uh about a quarter of what we're asking
1: okay. So, so the bank will lend about three hundred, and you say that's only a quarter of, of what the price is.
0: Well, we're actually we're actually going, uh, asking for five.
1: Oh, okay. So there's a gap there, and and is your brother putting in any of his own money down? Uh, does he have much of a down payment?
0: Uh, well, he he is going to be putting some down, but uh, it won't be that much because he he's using a lot of his money as collateral for the bank. Uh, meaning that he has money in RRSPs and things like this that uh, the banker we're going to use for collateral and his house and things like this.
1: Okay, so so the, the money that your brother's going to borrow to buy the business is actually not leveraged against your business assets. It's, it's leveraged against his other personal assets.
0: Yes. I would imagine it'll be uh, leveraged somewhat against the business assets too. But uh, you know they want they want they they want to know exactly what they're buying, and they're going to put some against his own personal property so that it's uh, to make sure that he's going to follow through with the purchase and right. you know keep it in running.
1: <clears throat> so what um, so what do you want to figure out here? You want to figure out what's the options for the gap that uh, that's going to remain?
0: Yes, exactly. What uh, what what's your opinion on? How I should go about uh, getting the rest of, say, the $200,000 uh, back to me over a period of time. Um, mm-hmm. What ideas are, are best suited so that I guarantee that sooner or later I'm going to get my money back or part of the business back.
1: Okay. So what what the bank wants for collateral is an important part of this conversation. Because if they take something as collateral for them, it means that, your position is weakened in making a claim against that thing if, if something should go wrong. So, so let me give you an example. If uh, Let's say they were only going to give him $100,000 and they were going to take his, his retirement savings and his home as collateral, but they didn't take any of the business assets and you were going to lend him the other four hundred over time, but you got to put a lien on the business property and assets, machinery, et cetera, If something were to go wrong, you would be first in line to retake those business assets. Okay. But if, if the bank gives him say 300 and part of that 300,000 is to put a lien on the business's assets as well, that means if something goes wrong with the business, you're going to have to deal with the bank to get the control of the business again. Because they're the ones that are going to have uh, you know a mortgage against everything. So traditionally, um, bankers like it when sellers are owed money after them in in the order of uh, of security. because what what it does is it creates an incentive for you, who is a person that knows how to run the business, to come in and rescue the buyer if something goes wrong. So for example, if if the bank makes your brother a loan and they put a lien on the business's assets and things go bad, you know, if they foreclose, they're not going to get nearly what this stuff is worth, right? But you could come along and you could take over the bank loan and take the business back. Now, if you think about that position in the future, so let's say... The other you know he borrowed 300 grand, and he, let's say he agreed to pay you the other 200 over seven years, let's say. Um, for him to get into trouble to the point where he's not making bank loan payments, it, m- it might take a year or two. who knows? so in in your situation, you had a, you would have already gotten three hundred thousand dollars on closing day, and you would be collecting payments for let's say a year or a year and a half on the money owed to you, okay? So if, if things went bad for him and, and he ended up failing in the business, the banker would probably let you take the business back by taking over the payments to the bank. So you've already collected, you know, well over 300000 at this point, And you basically have the option of taking the business back just by taking over the payment at the bank. And what you would be able to do then is, you know, fix the business up, get it going properly again, and then you could look at reselling it again. But let me ask you a couple of questions. Um, if you did get a whole bunch of money on closing day, what would you do with it?
0: I uh, would probably invest it.
1: You'd invest it. It's,
0: it's, it's, going yeah. to be my, it's going to be my retirement fund. So I would invest it to try to make it turn over more and better. And,
1: and what kind of return do you think you would earn on the investments?
0: <laughs> well, the way the markets are going, uh, it's hard to say. Uh, they're they're fluctuating so much; it's it's crazy. But uh, you know, you, you're you'd like to get at least a five percent return on it.
1: Okay, so do you have any idea what kind of interest rate the bank is going to charge your brother?
0: Uh, not exactly. No, I, I've never discussed that exactly that much with them to to find out exactly what they're asking, but
1: it it's one of the uh, things you 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 should find out and 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 here's why because i'm going to propose something that that may at first sound a little crazy but but i'll tell you why it makes sense and on my youtube video there's a on my youtube channel there's a video with a guy named Ian and Ian sold a business and he once he realized all these different moving parts he actually decided that he would finance the entire transaction. And, and here's what something like that would do for you. You could probably get your brother to agree to an interest rate higher than what the bank will lend him money at. Because what you can do for him is, is allow him to buy the business without the hassle of dealing with the bank. So. Okay. Think about that. If, If you just said to him, you know, give me a small down payment, 50 or 80,000, whatever you can come up with, and I'll finance the balance over 10 years, let's say. And instead of the bank's 7% interest rate, I'll charge you eight. Now, Now you can put a lien on all the business assets and you can be the first person in line. If something should go wrong, there's nothing stopping you from taking the business back right away. And you wouldn't have to deal with the bank either. But what you would, what you would be doing is you would lock yourself in a rate of return that would be more of a sure thing than taking chances with investment markets. And and I've seen, of- yeah, I yeah I've I've seen it done actually many times um, because what it means is that not only are you selling the business for for the 500 grand but you're also getting going to earn all that interest and because you are the lender you're the first person there like in in line for security um it will mean that you can ask for certain things that um like what a bank would ask for you can ask him for reports on his inventory you can ask him for reports on his sales and whatnot and you can keep an eye on the business so that if there were trouble coming you would probably see it i mean he's your brother so if you saw trouble coming you'd probably speak to him and try to help him out right but it yep. might not be such a surprise as if you suddenly got a call one day from a bank saying he hadn't made his loan payments
0: makes a lot of sense um yeah. why well, give the money to the bank when you know, i can be putting it in my own pocket and it's not money that's readily needed right away so or anything.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what I, that's why I always ask people. If you're just going to take the money and go invest it, why not invest in a business, you know, right? Yes. Which is and essentially yeah. what it would be if you finance the transaction. Now, is this going to be an asset or a share sale? Or do you know?
0: Uh, it's
1: just a, uh, an asset sale sort of thing. Um, an asset. Mean, in- like so, You're selling him inventory, land, buildings, equipment? Yes. Okay. So if you talk with, you know, a a properly informed accountant and and you're in Canada, so in Canada, there's a special ability for people when they sell small businesses, if they sell the shares, um, they can actually get a certain amount tax-free. And... The banks don't necessarily like to finance share sales, but if you are willing to be the finance if you're willing to be the finance vehicle, then it's going to remove many of the reasons why your brother would want to would not want to do a share sale. and so okay y- you could structure this as a share sale with you doing the financing. And what it would mean is that the money that comes out of this thing would would come to you tax-free. It can, it it can well change, change the whole calculation. And, and w- with the right CPA, if you talk with them and show them what you're trying to do, they'll be able to advise you, for example, and, and of course your brother would have to agree on this, is instead of financing him at eight percent, let's say, why don't you raise the price of the business a little bit and lower the interest rate? Because the 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 dollars you sell the shares for get come to you tax free, where the interest becomes taxable income. Okay. And so so there's all like once the you know once the troublesome banker has been removed. Um you're then free to shape the deal between the two of you in the way that works out the best. And, and, you know, for your brother, who's buying the business, the thing that is the biggest difficult thing for him is getting the financing. And if, if you take that on, um, entirely, then you've removed all the hurdles to him buying the business. And so, so to say to him, look, I I'll do this for you, but you have to do something for me, which is to buy the shares instead of the assets. this depends on how you got your business organized and and that's why you have to talk to a CPA because um, you know, it depends which things are inside your corporation and which things may not be. So I don't know, for example, if you've got the land in your own name or if it's all in the businesses, you know, in a corporation's name or, or what.
0: I believe everything's in the corporation name now.
1: Yeah. So, so selling the shares of that corporation uh, could allow you to really get further ahead by receiving the money tax-free. But it it means you need to have an accountant who knows what they're doing.
0: Would most accountants uh, understand this transaction, I would take it?
1: Most will tell you that they do. And then your follow-up question will be, well, can you give me some some references of people you've done this with in the last year? because okay. here here's the thing with accountants is that a large percentage of them spend their time filling in tax returns and preparing financial statements it not all of them have everyday practical experience in in setting up and helping people arrange these transactions and so that's why you have to make sure you're dealing with the right one okay yeah and you know and I don't know who, who your accountant is, but a lot of small business people fall into this uh, fall into the the habit of of looking for the accountant who's going to do you know an accurate job of preparing their tax return for a really low price. And what ends up happening is you end up with that low cost provider who maybe is not giving all the information, advice, guidance, etc. that that another accountant could be giving who maybe charges a little bit more. And so assessing your advisor is would be really important here for this.
0: Yes, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting to know that, right? Like I say, nobody's ever, like you think the accountants would uh, introduce something like this, but uh, obviously none of them have. And uh, so it's interesting to uh, know that there's an avenue there that could be work really good for us.
1: Yeah. So have you talked with your accountant about selling the business?
0: I mentioned it to them. Yes. But that, that's far as it got. I just told them that we we're in the process of uh, trying to sell it and we had a buyer and that's far as we got. Yeah. Um,
1: so you'll, you'll want think... to, you, you'll want to have a conversation before the lawyer draws up papers because yeah. the, the, The way this works is the the accountant will help you design how the transaction is going to go, and then the the accountant will actually instruct the lawyer. He'll say, "This is how it's going to be. It's going to be a sale of these shares, and et cetera, et cetera." And the lawyer will do up the paperwork based on on what the accountant provides to him.
0: Makes sense. Yeah. Sound like it's going to be yeah, and it's uh, to our advantage in all in all asset in all directions, and uh, we, we have the guarantee it's going to keep the business going, or the business is going to come back to us. Yeah, and uh, we're going to make better interest uh, on our money in the long run. And, and if uh, you can get the, the if you
1: can get the money tax free, then well, that just means you made what like thirty or forty percent more. Exactly. Yeah. So the oftentimes when, um, when people are are looking for financing to buy businesses, um, the bank of course prefers the cleanliness of an asset sale. It makes it easier for them to put the, you know, a lien or a mortgage on a building or a property and stuff. And buyers are usually, uh, worried about share sales because it exposes them to liability, the uh, past liability for things that happened in the, in the corporation. Those, those problems go away when you remove the bank. And then the problem of liability often is not so much a concern when you're talking about family, right? Cause your, your brother knows you, loves you, trusts you. And if, if anything did happen, let's say he bought the business and suddenly something came out of uh you know, Maybe it turns out there was a mistake on a tax return two years ago and, and the government is owed some money. Well, your brother probably feels confident that he could come back to you and say, look, you owned the business at this time. Uh, I need you to pay this. And you probably would, because it would have been something happening under the period of time when you owned it. And, and that's the big fear of buyers is the, this liability and potential trouble from past things when you buy a corporation. And uh, given the family connection that that concern could probably be mitigated or, or go just be eliminated uh, just because the two of you, uh, you know, you work together and you trust each other.
0: Yeah. Makes a lot of sense.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, especially because you said earlier in the call that you didn't need the money right away. You know, when, when I ask people what would you do with the money if you got it on closing, and they have some kind of imminent necessity, you know, to do something specifically right away, then this doesn't work. But if if you're willing to give time, um, you can make the overall package worth so much more to you.
0: you know, it certainly opens many doors, doesn't it? Uh, and like I say, where we don't need the money right away, and and the, it'll be a regular income for us. Uh, mm. It's not life is not going to change a whole lot, except that I'm not going to have to put all the time into it that mm. I have been, and he's he's going to take the reins and run the show.
1: Have you have you talked about a transition? Like, um are, what are the things in the business that he does today? Is he doing everything, or are there still things that you're doing that he doesn't quite know?
0: Uh, yeah, the computer work and that. So he's he's been on the road more than. Uh, and uh, he's so I've been doing a lot of the computer work. I'm slowly training them on the computer. It's taking mm-hmm. time, but it's uh you know it's something that's we're working on, and there's no reason why like uh like you say um in this case, where I could stay on with him for a while and uh give him a nice clean transition where he doesn't have to worry about anything and uh just make sure he knows exactly what he's got when he when he takes it fully over,
1: yeah the the place where I go I go to a shop uh, where you you basically buy grape juice and yeast and you make wine you know one of these wine making stores and mm-hmm. and they just went through this between uh, the father and son and now now the son is the owner um, but he gave his dad a part time job so the father is still there uh, fifteen to twenty hours a week right and it's you know get him out of the house et cetera et cetera but but an important function of that part-time job is this handover of the vast knowledge and experience that the, that the father has. Right. And, you know, the, what's the reason you want to sell this business? Like you're working full time, I would assume. And, and you're, you're tired of that.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's time to, uh, I always said a person should retire at 55 uh, as long <laughs> as they get their health. And, and, uh, the, obviously that's not a, that's not a, a reasonable goal for the average person, uh, but uh, like I said, I turned sixty-one now, and, I, and uh, I've worked hard all my life. I, I just want to enjoy it more and travel and do the things I want to do in my time. Hmm. So, but there's nothing wrong with working uh, part-time either. Like uh, you know, the wife's, uh If I go home and stay with uh, the wife at the house, uh, I know I'm going to drive her nuts, and she's going to throw me out anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So it would be good, to, like you said, to work part-time possibly and, and, uh, and just stay, stay let him run the show and just keep an eye on things and, and help him out any way it has to be done.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and if you're going to be involved part-time and you're going to be still involved maybe in, in some aspects of, of keeping an eye on banking or keeping an eye on, on the major things like the sale of, of metal and, and all that kind of stuff, it, it can mean that you're going to be able to keep an eye on your investment as the lender because you'll, like I said, you'll see what the health of the business is. And if there's any kind of troubling things that come up, you can bring them to your brother's attention because he, he might not recognize things right with, because he doesn't have the same experience as you. But when you start to see things, you can bring them to his attention and all all that's doing is helping to keep your uh, loan more secure
0: yeah exactly. makes a lot of sense
1: yeah um some of the other ways that these transactions are done between family that that are not as tax efficient that I've seen over over the years um, are for instance when people will they'll sell the business for a lower amount of money, but they'll have an agreement that the seller stays on the payroll for certain years number of years or or the pay the the seller gets to stay on the company healthcare plan for a certain number of years. And what it does for the buyer is it allows the buyer to pay for the business through one of these other flows of cash that are an expense to the business and it, and therefore reduce the tax burden and stuff, but but they become a taxable income for the seller. So so the a lot of the time when we're talking about how we're going to sell a business the government gets their pound of flesh one way or another it's just which side does it come from and what makes it what makes this uh you know the, the share sale kind of a unique thing that they do that's available in Canada is that the government allows you to sell your shares tax free the the other side of that is that your brother inherits all that equipment and property at the book value, not the fair market value. And so he doesn't enjoy the same kind of depreciation expense that he would normally have if he bought it at fair market value. So again, it's just tax liability moves from one side of the table to the other. But if you're going to solve, if you're going to solve the problem of finding where he's going to get the money to buy the business, then you know he could he could pay some taxes too <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah. i mean at the end of the day you're probably going to do this deal i mean you know the business you know what it can afford and whether you decide to do this deal over you know 7 years or 8 years or 10 years um at the end of the day he's going to end up with all of the benefits and advantages that you've enjoyed in, I'm I'm guessing this business has been successful for you and and has allowed you to save and and everything.
0: Yes, it has. Very good.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, you'll be passing on that, that great asset onto him. So, you know, and it's, it's nice to keep these things in the family.
0: Yes, especially where he knows the business so well. It's not as if I was just giving it to another family member. He's been here for 15 years, and he knows the business. He knows the potential of the business, and and uh, he'll do well with it because he's a worker, and uh, and we get along well. So, uh, what you're saying, what you're suggesting, is actually making a lot of sense now. Mm. I never looked at it that way. And uh,
1: when when you're dealing with a stranger, like if if uh some person you never met came along to buy the business, they they also wouldn't be able to get all the money at the bank. And the challenge you would face as a seller is you would have to make a decision. Do I think this person can run the business? And you would probably not have the same interest in wanting to carry the debt for a long period of time. So So you would likely want to have as big a down payment as you could get, which would mean that the buyer would have to borrow money. And you would be making a decision based on just new information about this person. You'd be trying to figure out if you believe that they'd be able to be successful running the business. And so there would always be this doubt in your mind about the riskiness of the deal because you didn't really know the person. And, And that's the biggest hurdle that most sellers have in doing a deal is getting their head around trusting or it's, it's literally underwriting because you're, you're lending money to this person that you don't know. This is the big, this is the big hurdle is getting your head around underwriting this person you don't know. And that's the thing that's different for you because the buyer is a known quantity. It's a known, known aspect and it really makes it a lot easier. And you know, traditionally through time businesses are usually handed down through generations. Right. And n- people didn't go to the bank. It, you know, the son would take over the business in exchange for taking care of the parents in their retirement years. That was usually how it happened. You know, if you think about how a, a farm would change hands a, a hundred years ago or something like this, it's, it's only recently. And, and because of, you know, I mean the last century that people are actually, buying the businesses on paper from, from the other family members. And a lot of that is driven by, um, you know, tax rules. Like you you can't just give a business to someone. Uh, There is a tax consequence. And um, on the other side of things, the people that are, that are selling the businesses usually are heading into a retirement of some kind. And of course they need money for that. So, but Making an arrangement with your brother where he pays you overtime, um, I think you're both going to come out a lot further ahead. And if things go wrong, you're going to have so many more options available. Um, you know, if if he borrowed at the bank and ran into trouble, he could he could ruin his credit. Uh, you could have to deal with the bank to get the property back, et cetera, et cetera. With you being the lender, if things go wrong, he could just literally, you guys could drop a paper and he could sign the shares back to you. And you're not going to report to the credit bureau. He won't end up in trouble with the banks. Like it would, it could, there's so many more options as to how you could navigate that than if there was a bank in the middle of it.
0: Yes. Makes a lot of sense.
1: Is it, do you have loans? Do you have a mortgage or a loan on the property or the business right now?
0: Not not one.
1: Yeah. Not, so, not. And, so you're in the most flexible position that you could ever imagine because literally all of these questions are just up to you, whatever you decide.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I lied to you a little bit, but there, I do have payments on a truck. But that, that's all.
1: Yeah, well... It, Truck loan is easy. You can probably just if it's from, it uh, from like the manufacturer finance company.
0: Well, yeah, bank,
1: yeah. Okay, well, vehicle loans, you probably just go down there and sign it over to him. Actually, yeah. if it's in the business's name, you wouldn't even have to, because if he's buying the shares of the business, um, he just becomes he'll he'll just be the one that's liable under that contract.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah
1: yeah but i think I think uh, your next step is finding the right advisor as far as a CPA to to structure this thing and and give directions to the lawyer because without a bank, if you decide to go this way, um, the timeline's entirely up to you. How quickly it happens or how slowly it happens, it's just a matter of of getting the right advisor for taxes and stuff and to, to determine how the share sale is going to happen. And then the lawyer doing up the paperwork.
0: Okay. Now do you, do you do this, that side of the business?
1: No, when I, when I work with people, I, I basically tell them they have to have a local CPA to do this and a local lawyer. Um, you know, I tell people why and what questions they need to ask and what the conversations have to look like so that they have an idea when they're talking with them, if they're actually talking to someone who knows what they're doing. Because if you don't know anything about accounting, um, an accountant who's really not familiar with what you want to do could probably still convince you that they can do it. Right? Right. And, And that's the danger. And you know the same thing goes with lawyers. There's, uh, you know, many lawyers are very upfront about practicing in certain domains like uh, family law or real estate law and things like this. But especially when you get into a smaller community, you get a lot of lawyers who are generalists. And and if you ask them, can you do this? Can you do that? They just say yes to everything because they have to to make a living. That's not necessarily the lawyer you want. You you want the lawyer who. Um, regularly does business transactions.
0: Yeah. And it might be hard to find around here.
1: Well, it might mean going to the next big town, but if you have a, you know, you, you don't want, you, you don't want to let a relationship with a service provider put you in a position where you're not getting the right service. And I'm like, cost you in some way down the road. And I'm not I'm not saying that something's going to go wrong between you and your brother that is going to um you know because you're going to have some kind of conflict. The kinds of things that happen are that uh the tax man decides to audit the deal and decides to for example um invalidate your um tax free allowance for the shares because something wasn't done right. That's the kind of thing that you have to be wary of. That's why you want to make sure you're dealing with the right kind of professional. Because the, the, the accountant is going to examine the corporation and make a, a, a determination if you qualify for the tax exemption. Well, if you don't qualify, they're going to tell you. And then maybe this strategy isn't as, as valuable as I'm saying it is. But if they tell you it qualifies and it really doesn't, well, then you have a problem because you're going to move forward under certain assumptions and then find out later you have a tax bill. And that's not mm-hmm. where you want to yeah. be. So so you want to have an accountant who is familiar with private small business share sales and helping people get it all set up correctly. And, and when they say they can help you, you say, great, can you give me a few names of people you've done this with recently? Now people people will ask roofers and plumbers and electricians for references all the time, and it blows me away that they won't ask accountants and lawyers for references. Yeah. You know, and I, I think it's, be- it's because people, you know these guys are professionals. They spend a long time learning their trade and, and uh, there's a certain expectation and a certain mantle of respect that society gives them. But if they're not doing this kind of work every day, they, they could make an error.
0: Makes a lot of sense. You gotta, you gotta do your homework or you could get stung. Hmm.
1: But I think, I think um, you're in a very envious position because a lot of people get to your point, Ralph, and they, they decide they want to sell and then they have to figure out what their business is worth. And then the, the real roll of the dice is figuring out if they can find someone to buy it. And to have licked that problem from the beginning, um, you, you're a good, in a good position. It's just a matter now of of having people who can get all the other pieces into place for you right
0: for the I've already been answering the questions for the bank, which has cost me uh probably ten thousand dollars already uh how uh-huh. i get uh well just getting uh property assessed uh, environmental assessments um right things like this done and uh <laughs> So I I bet you if I, I I know I spent close to ten thousand dollars already just on that.
1: Yeah, and and that's those kinds of things would have would have been you wouldn't have had to do them if if you had uh, if you hadn't been dealing with the bank. So, but you know you're not gonna you're not gonna undo that. I mean, the environmental assessment and stuff are going to be important factors that your brother can use for things like insurance for the business and stuff like that. Um, and it, it would, it probably, I mean, I would feel better knowing I was handing a business over to someone that had, you know, didn't have a pollution problem, for example.
0: Exactly. Uh, And this way, at least we know that my price is not unreasonable. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's already been assessed. So the price is there. And mm. so there's no guesswork there and that sort of thing. And he knows what he's getting and. Like I say, for insurance purposes or anything else, it's it's all on paper. So mm. you should be happy with that. Yeah, even though so, I paid too much to get it.
1: <laughs> so, so, so I mean, how's that? Did I have I have I covered uh, the the uh, the stuff that you wanted to cover today?
0: Yeah, basically it was I it was it's a good eye opener, and I did uh, I did view your uh, uh, your show with Ian. Yeah, uh, back a ways, and and uh, the first thing I did was go see what he did, and and uh, but I didn't realize it was like selling the shares that he had done. And, uh...
1: Yeah, if you watch that video towards the end, he mentions it. He says that because he was willing to finance the whole deal, this the buyer didn't have a problem buying the shares, and and that would have made the transaction even more lucrative. In, in a big way for him, um, you know, another 30% basically in, in money that didn't have to go out to the tax man.
0: Well, that's good. It sounds like the way to, the way to go is so we just got to see if we can start putting this together. Yeah. And uh, the sooner I get it together, the more time I can spend in Florida.
1: Well, there you go. And it's going to be a hard. It's going to be a hard winter, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, All right, well That was good information. So I would like to see. Uh, I'd like to see uh, if you get the chance, come on up and, and enjoy that the evening with us. Like to be a big crowd. Uh, it's kind of an open swinging door.
1: <laughs> At your holiday That's party, I
0: well, meet some interesting people.
1: Cool. I'll try to stop in. <laughs> Thanks, Ralph. Still there?